Welcome to Humans and Magic, the show that gets up deep and personal with your favorite Magic the Gathering personalities. I'm your host, James Sue. This is episode 85 with Kai Sawatari. Kai is a multi-talented, multilingual Magic player, streamer, and artist. This episode is going to be a lot of fun because we are exploring all the aspects of Kai's creativity that go beyond just building decks and playing Magic. Don't get me wrong, he's a very good Magic player, but we really wanted to explore his creative process, his approach to art, painting, streaming, combining all of these things in a holistic way. So I think you're going to really enjoy this episode, whether you are already a fan of Kai or you just want to hear a super talented content creator talk about his process. I also want to use this opportunity, dear listener, to thank you for your kind patronage and listening to the Humans of Magic podcast for all of these years. As we're approaching the end of 2021, I've realized that this has now become our sixth year of the Humans of Magic podcast. While we're not as prolific as some of the other podcasts out there with a weekly or bi-weekly release schedule, I am, however, super thankful that I have just been able to interview so many wonderful and great people over the six years. And I just really thank you for taking the time to listen. Without any listeners, this show really is not able to go anywhere. So I really appreciate everyone's feedback and taking the time to listen. From the bottom of my heart, wish everybody the best. And I really hope you will continue to support Humans of Magic next year. And before we get started, I just want to give a few shout outs. First of all, there's a site that I've been working on as part of my startup company called CardSage. If you haven't had a chance yet, definitely check out CardSage. It's the ultimate pricing tool for Magic the Gathering singles. You can check us out at cardsage.io. You can also find CardSage's Twitter through my Twitter profile. So if you can find James Sue, you can find the CardSage Twitter account. And we've got a lot of cool stuff. We do periodic giveaways. Definitely check that out or just check out cardsage.io, the website, for more details. I also want to give a shout out to Coopla, who has been an ongoing supporter of the show and provides all of the amazing music you hear in every episode. Coopla is spelled K-U-P-L-A, and you can find his music on all platforms where music can be listened to. Last but not least, if you want to catch up on previous episodes of Humans and Magic, just go to humansandmagic.com. That's where all the episodes are archived with show notes. You can also find details about the Humans and Magic book, which remains an outstanding read, in my very biased opinion, and makes a great holiday stocking stuffer for your loved ones. So definitely check out humansandmagic.com for all your Humans and Magic podcasting needs. Thank you. And now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Kai Sawatari. Hello, Kai. How are you doing? Hey, James. Uh, nice to be here. I, I just came back from the gym. Uh, it is a beautiful day on the 2nd uh, December. Yeah, it's quite warm, actually. It's like almost 16 degrees outside. I am terribly exhausted. <laughs> um, also prepped a little bit of uh, lunch for today. So yeah, doing great. How about yourself? 
I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. This is one of the rare cases where we're kind of in a similar time zone. I know that you're in Tokyo and I'm in Shanghai. So I think we're one hour different, right? Because it's what, 9.30 or 11.30 your time? Yeah, it's 11.30. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is rare. Usually I'm doing it in my morning, but the guess is in the US or somewhere else, probably not Europe because it's, I think, the middle of the night or something. But I'm happy to talk to you, man. And you're one of the people that I am doing a round two with for Humans and Magic because we're actually friends. <laughs> this sounds like really... <laughs> we're actually friends. This sounds weird, but usually whenever people... It's like the first time I talk to them, or maybe I've talked to them on Twitter, but we've gone through a lot of a lot of shit together. I wouldn't say like it's bad, but you know, I think I think it's just going to be nice just to talk to a friend, an actual friend today, you know? Yeah, th- th- yeah thanks, friend. <laughs> <laughs> so friend, what muscle group are you working on in, in the gym um, today? <laughs> so uh, today um, was um, chest day, chest and arms. Um, I usually try to keep it like balanced. And also um, I have, so I've been going to the gym for a couple of years now, like three or four now, but I have a somewhat unique uh, gym schedule because I go to the gym every second day, like in, in two days, I usually hit the gym like once, but I only stay there for about like 45 minutes or so, which is like super, super short. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but the gym is literally like behind my, behind, um, my house. So I can, I can jump there in like 40 seconds. I don't need, need an umbrella if it's raining. Yeah. Um, I can jump there like anytime. Um, it's also called anytime fitness. <laughs> uh, 24 hours. So yeah. Sometimes I go there like, you know, uh, 2 a.m. Sometimes I go to like 4 p.m. Oh, okay. I was gonna ask about that. So first of all, it sounds like you're very efficient. So you're just you're just trying to maximize your workout, like you're not going there to, you know, play on your phone or whatever. You just go there, get the workout in, and then come back, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, because that leaves, you know, more time for cooking or painting or streaming or doing all the other fun stuff. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. And uh, what made you decide to get started going to the gym like three or four years ago? Well, I think it was like uh, five years ago. So when, when I when I went to the beach, so in, in Japan, you have a lot of beaches um, and you can you can easily access them, you know, from, uh, from Tokyo city center. You, you, you can go there within like, I don't know, like an hour or two. And uh, I went there with a couple of magic friends. Uh, it was good. It was good. Um, and one of my one of my friends, he has been going to the gym for many many years now, and he had like he looked like a man. And then I looked at myself, and I looked like a like a boy, you know. <laughs> I, like, I was like, dude, there's like such a huge massive gap, <laughs> and I kind of wanna I kind of wanna fix it. And obviously, as lazy as I was, like first I thought that you can buy one of those like electric machines, like like belts kind of thing, you know, like you just kind of like strap them on your i don't know on your arms or like or around your chest or what do i know and then you know like they um they give you like electric impulses and then then you you know then you look all like buff and all but um that was obviously a trap i didn't even try it but um um yeah so my my body told me that it's all um connected with honest work so i've been uh honestly working on my body for the past couple of years um it's it's also cool it's because uh, whenever I go to the gym, that's the time when I listen to podcasts. So, like, especially like magic podcasts, such as like Everyday Eternal or In Response or any of those like podcasts, I usually listen only when I'm at the gym. 
And um, that's also like super motivating because um, in 45 minutes, like no podcast is longer than, uh, is shorter than 45 minutes, right? So I have to make a break in between. So I can't really wait to go to the gym again because I want to listen to, you know, I want to uh, continue to um, the podcast. So that makes sense. Yeah, I think podcasts are just ideal for commuting. And in your case, it's not commuting, but it's just when you have a very designated activity like working out. And have you kind of, you basically, I mean, you've been doing it for a number of years. So it sounds like you probably have your routine all figured out, right? You have a very, you know what you want to do every day or every second day you go to the gym, right? Yeah, kind of. Um, My goal is not to get super buff or like become a body, um, bodybuilder or any any of that sort, but I want to maintain, yeah, like a, like an, I want to say like average, a little above average healthy state maybe i want to keep it as, as long uh, as long as possible um because i've once read that um for example if you are 25 and you're working out you're kind of building the body towards like 30 35 so um yeah and you only live once so you know better get started also it's never too late because i was never i was never um good at sports in school at least or i didn't pay um, a lot of attention because i was always um the 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 music and art person art mm-hmm. boy guy yeah it's cool and um wasn't really into into sports all that much but even someone like someone like me you know can um, just can do it so yeah um i hope this is hopefully like a like a motivation for literally like anyone out there um yeah just get started <laughs> no doubt no doubt so the other part you mentioned, which is, I think, huge to go with fitness is the diet, right? Because you've been doing the, the meal preparation. Like, how long have you been doing that? Is that is that also a recent couple of years thing or you've been doing it for longer? Um, so when I started, when I started to go to the gym, um, I prepped food mainly to, you know, with, with, with like numbers in mind, right? Like, like how, um, how can I max some protein? How, how can I... Um, shave carbs as much as possible so i had a lot of like it was like i don't know chicken breast broccoli uh fried eggs like like fried eggs is not even the best but like you know like those kind of meals um and um after a couple of like months it was um it became a little boring so what i've been doing now is is trying to make um like the best out of it you know, like, like actual, like delicious food, which is also kind of good for your body. Um, so I, I rarely fry food. I used to, um, I go to the, um, the local like fish market, for example, almost every day. Um, if I have the time, um, to see what they have, like, you know, um, pick like super fresh ingredients and then see what I can come up with. Excellent. So that that's I mean that's that's super disciplined like uh the the whole going to the gym preparing food that that's a lot of dedication like do you think that you're always started off as a very disciplined person or did you kind of grow into that No recently? not at all not not at all I mean streaming too <laughs> right like it's a lot of dedication yeah. and discipline right you got to be consistent Uh yeah yeah you have to um but I it's not always been like that it's not always been like that so the the cooking part um, kind of comes from my uh, from my mom. So my mom's Japanese. My mom, my dad's um, German. Um, my mom. So what she does is she she does those um, cooking lessons in uh, in Berlin. 
So um, it, it's, it's those like get togethers where um, she teaches German how to bake like simple, solid, delicious Japanese food, which you can make within like 30 minutes. Um, most of the ingredients you can even buy in a German supermarket and so on and so forth. And, um, and she's always had the, the, like the, the food balance in mind um, um, when picking like the right recipes. And if you like, I, I have, I have a secret um, mom and mom and Kai chat on, uh, on WhatsApp or like online, where we mm-hmm. only talk about food and, and how to prep it. Um, you know, the do's and don'ts um, failures and success and so on and so forth. So like the, whenever I talk to my mom, it's like 99% about food, <laughs> how to make it. Got it. Yeah. So that, that helps too. Cause your mom is almost like a, a coach, like to help you with some of the, the food preparation or is that oh, yeah, the right way to think yeah. about that? Or oh yeah. She, I mean, she, yeah, I would advisor? say she's, a, she's my uh, sensei. Yeah. Sensei. My, my, sem- my senpai. <laughs> where do you, where do you think you get your discipline from though i mean is it from your mom your dad a combination or, or what uh i probably say my uh, my school education because um so i went to a german school back in the day um like elementary school and middle school high school and especially middle school was like super super disciplined like i um it was like a boy school only uh, a boy school so no girls allowed you, um, you had to play at least like two instruments you had to go to church you had to um join the choir and uh, you had to take like um, Latin class and, and, and things like that. It was, it, was, it, was, it was kind of kind of kind of unreal. I, I don't know if they can still do it like nowadays, but didn't you um, want to react against it though? I mean, wouldn't you want to rebel against dude, the James, James I, I gotta I gotta show you some photos from back in the day because I looked freaking terrible. So <laughs> because of that whole system, um, I was like I was one of those like few rebels who um bleach their hair for example so so i i made my like my whole um my hair like you know i turned it like blonde and and i right. i put on some 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 uh some like black i don't i don't i don't want to call it, like gothic but like it was uh some sort of like like metal-ish dark yeah. Uh, yeah. clothes on and, and things like that i listened to a lot of like metal music um back in the day but i, I was also like a stupid teenager right uh-huh. um but i guess if if you there are so many rules um you kind of like a part of you definitely wants to you know go against it yeah yeah well a lot has happened since then but it sounds like you're in a good place now your hair is uh normal uh or I as mean, normal as can be and i mean uh, i i washed my hair yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i also wanted to ask you quickly about uh eternal weekend like we both played uh eternal weekend i think you played more events than i did but how, how did it go um decent <laughs> okay uh, le- so uh, i mean le- legacy legacy was, was kind of average um but i yeah legacy was kind of average and um, for for everyone who's uh li- listening to this um legacy is is now is now interesting slash weird um spot right now and i just picked the deck i like the most and um there were like a couple of like fortunate unfortunate events during um during my run um it's kind of medium Vintage, however, was uh, was super super nice. Uh, I finished like seven and two and didn't hit top eight because of my breakers, but it was a super nice experience. Um, yeah, after all, I dude, I 
you know, whenever I th- I'm think about Eternal Weekend, it always brings me back to like 2017, 18, when we met in in Yokohama for Eternal Weekend. Remember? That's right, man. You know, did I tell you, like, I, I stayed in that capsule hotel before the before the event. And that was like the first time I, I did that in my life because I was just visiting Japan, right? <laughs> and it was actually super comfortable. Uh, it was, uh, I tell people about it still, and uh, they they were surprised at my experience, but it was great. I remember it was you and Sean Brown and you were wearing oh, those yeah. sweet like cut off jean shorts that uh, we had a photo together. And uh, anyway, I was so bad at magic back then because I didn't, I didn't even play that much. I didn't play magic online yet. So I didn't like learn how to play magic properly. But I just realized now that I'm just basically like free money for other people that <laughs> play the tournament <laughs> such I as mean, yourself. Th- but I remember you did really well even back then, right? Wait, you played wait, the vintage you- GW. Yeah, I mean, James, wait, like, didn't you, like, submit Thalia, Guardian, Thraven on that? Was, like, wasn't it Death and Taxes, or did you submit Delver? No, 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 no. So, for you mean for the Yokohama one, right? Yeah. The Yokohama one, no, I, I, I didn't play the Vintage one. I played the Legacy, and I played uh, Grixis Delver, which is, uh, I think it was, like, some, it was after the ban. If you remember the ban, it was, like, No More Deathrite Shaman, and it was oh, kind of a yet. weird time in the format where, People weren't sure what decks were good, and I just thought Grixis is going to be fine. Like just running like Bitter Blossom and Young Pyromancer and crap. Like it was cool. uh, <laughs> the deck was fine. It was just me, right? That's what I'm trying to say. But you had a good time, right? You had a you had a pretty sick run during that uh, EW as well. Uh oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, like that legacy and was was also kind of crazy. Um, I don't want to dive like too much into it, but um, yeah. I was in that legacy event. I was the the last undefeated player. Um, in the legacy main event, and then I missed two winning ins for the top eight, so I ended up like you know being like 16th or so. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate, but it, it was a crazy cool event. It was it was also in the middle of the summer. I think we were all sweating our asses off. Yeah, during that event. Yeah, it was man. That's like that's one of the things I miss the most is just having those uh, paper events. Uh, I would love to do that again i i don't know like is ew coming back to in japan anytime soon i have no idea um i don't know about eternal weekend but um there's been a lot of large events going on in, in japan like overall like um they started like one two months ago um there's like a thing called eternal party which is you know i guess like nowadays like all the big uh, big events start with eternal something yes <laughs> um the god of yeah. eternal the deity <laughs> eternal square you know ultraman i don't know what it is yeah slash pro tour yeah right so um yeah so you have those in, in japan you have those like semi big 100 150 200 player events like on a uh yeah like once per month maybe like once every sec uh two months um schedule but in general i think japan has been doing like a great job of like you know hosting those um medium to big size events just like by themselves for sure yeah i promise you before we interview we're not gonna go too deep into magic that's what podcasts like everyday eternal is about like if just a free plug if you want to hear kai talk about doomsday for i don't was it like three hours or something you can you can go listen to julian Granov's everyday eternal <laughs> <laughs> one of the best legacy podcasts out there uh you also mentioned uh what in response so i want to shout out like the uh are they are they from germany or german austria coalition they're they're from austria um 
cool guys. <laughs> cool guys, cool guys. Because I, I met them also when I met Peter when he visited uh, Beijing because he went to came to play Legacy like a, a few years ago. So I know I know Peter from oh I didn't back know. then. Okay. That's yeah. cool, nice. But yeah, so I think what we're going to talk about today is something that is very, very passionate or something very dear and is a big part of your identity, right? And I would say that is the art, right? I see. We're not we're not gonna share the video for this, but I see that you have a number of very nice artworks behind you. So you have like a is that like a trombone or yeah, uh, it's it's like one of my like earlier pieces. Um, dude, like my apartment is so small in Tokyo. Like I, I'm li- literally like living here in like what do I have like twenty six twenty seven square meters. Okay. Um, small apartment. So like I I I have too much art sitting around in my apartment. I have not enough walls. Okay. <laughs> so what do you do? You just stack them together up like uh, plates or something in the corner? I mean, kind of. Yeah. It's, it's all getting, it's all getting messy here. Yeah. <laughs> but Hey man, it's not the size that matters. It's like the efficiency, right? Because I, I remember watching this documentary where they had like a family of three or four living in the same size apartment as you and mm-hmm. it, it, and they look very happy. So it's, it's not size that matters. Right. Anyways. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. So we're going to talk about art. But before we go into specific pieces, I kind of want to get a sense for like how you started doing it. You kind of touched on it. Like in middle school, you were forced, forced to do like different things and play music and things like that. But how did you originally start becoming a visual artist? Like, you know, putting ideas, expressing yourself on, on paper or canvas? Yeah. So um, my whole family, like my family has been like all creators. Um, my my dad can literally build anything out of like um like wood or an, like and it almost doesn't matter like you know like every yeah. time i go back to my family's house um my, my dad builds a new i don't know like a new desk or like a new chair or like a new what do i know like like, like, like he 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 has a lot of like creativity in terms of like sculpting things um changing shapes things like that my mom is super passionate about cooking which mm-hmm. is also like some sort of like um like a like a creator's job right like you create food mm-hmm. um of ingredients and um, my my younger brother he has been making movies um like um advertisement movies and uh, he's also like a composer um and my sister is like a storyteller um and I've been enjoying art for the most part. And like, I think what all these things have in common is that you have, you take a couple like raw material um, and then you, you make something out of it. Um, and it's, it's, in, it's in completely like in, in your hands, right? Like what, what happens. So um, I've always liked, um, I've been kind of like a picky person, to be honest. So, for example, like whenever I go, um, I go shopping, um, and when I want to buy new clothes. I'm, I'm, I'm always like, hey, man, like this T-shirt kind of looks good, but it's also only like, it, like if that one little like uh, print would have been like different, I would buy it. It's like ninety percent good, but I would still change. Like, I was like, I'm like one of those um, people who are like kind of, kind of picky. And I was like, okay, well, m- maybe I can just like make it myself, right? And then uh, I have no reason to complain. Like the, the the mindset of um kind of like like DIY like doing it yourself um is has always been like stuck in my head um the whole time in during school it was always a, um like a like a competition between music and art 
because um I had or like I started to play violin when I was like seven years old. And as you as you know, or like as as most of as most people know, like if you play a musical instrument, you have to play it every single day, right? To improve um or like to, to maintain the same skill. And so it was super, super time consuming. And you only have uh 24 hours a day. So I didn't I didn't paint as much during uh during like middle and high school um but focus more on, on music and also that was the time when i when i really got um into into magic which is another um time efficient or like not time efficient like time consuming hobby time sink yes time yeah. sink yeah you, you, you can literally like you know spend like a whole a whole life just you know building decks so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay um, so started with the music but your family is like just all creative right so it just runs in the family right exactly um and the reason why i started magic was because of its art so i remember like the the, the first couple of cards i got from all the students um like one was a bog and it's it's like a crappy black common from the darks like two men and one one flying but it has a super horrifying um dark artwork and i really um i really dug it and um mm -hmm. also some 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 artworks with like skeletons and and death and zombies and like all that like evil shit you know uh, it kind of, it kind of got me hooked on um, on magic, and and not on some other games like I don't know Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon. Were there things back then, even non-magic, that influenced you, like maybe fantasy art or? I know you're in Germany, but were you influenced at all by manga? Were you like influenced oh, yeah. by different things around you? you know? Totally, yeah. On, on my on my uh, ninth birthday, my mom gave me uh, um, a how to draw a how to draw manga book <laughs> in japanese that, that was that was so cool because um because i went to a german school my japanese was a little rusty so that book not only did it um like bump up my my, my japanese but also i got to experience experience this like, like this manga style uh which i thought was like super super cool i read um i used to read like one piece um on a, on a daily basic daily yeah. super classy um, I stopped at, at at some point, but um, yeah, like you know, I I had a I had a fairly long manga, almost like addiction, um, mm -hmm. until I turned like fifteen, sixteen or so, mm -hmm. um, and then um, my cousin, he um, he used to do like like graffiti, gra graffiti, how, how graffiti, do you say that? yes, graffiti, say graffiti, yeah. So um, so he showed me like a, um some of his work, and also he's been like sketching everything on, on regular like a4 size paper and i looked at them and i was like i was mind blown right like it, it looked so cool and also it is um obviously like a like a, a no-no move right like to, to to paint on like um yeah. random walls things like that yeah. he only um picked the walls that that were like quote unquote okay um i don't i don't know exactly how, how it works but um there are certain buildings or walls where it's okay to to spray on and um i thought that was like the, the, like the coolest thing ever um so that was like shortly after my manga um uh, period mm -hmm. and it is it is somewhat of an, a unique um like typeface design right if you think about that so like combining art with um with letters um kind of got me hooked but then again um i didn't like and I, I started to feel feel that um if if graf like graffiti kind of 
kind of constrains you because um you are only like there are only so many letters in the alphabet and like or like numbers so um you can't go super crazy right like like in in uh, at the end of the day it still has to be readable um so right yeah i, I kind of took a step back um how did you get into the kind of different mediums because you know some artists draw some artists paint you know i have a little bit of experience like with that stuff back in the day too but how how do you start because right now it looks like a lot of your pieces are are paintings right but like how did you start to develop maybe some preferences for different formats or mediums it's all about the contrast um i mainly do two different things now the the one thing is um is like regular art um i use acrylic art acrylic paint um, on hardboard canvas um, I use like pastel knives and I use like um, brushes different sizes and then I do the card alterations and those two things are completely different um, animals of some sort like it's almost like drinking coffee and tea they're, they're so much different because right. um, the I use different tools um, I also um, like the time I, I invest for um, for both of them um, how I mix colors, um, how how I create shapes, and like if I go from from dark to lights or from lights to darks, things like that. Like they're all so different. Um, it is like most artists have like one specific thing they do. It's for example like old paintings or what do I know? Mm-hmm. And they almost like only do that, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you think like even like the super big artists out there, like Pablo Picasso, for example. Um, he also changed his art style quite a bit during his career, but um, he's been always um, like the guy who does like like um, you know the um, the, the um, cubism mm-hmm. um, or like Salvador Dali. Um, I instead kind of I probably I don't know. I think there's like so many so much so much different interesting art that I. I want to I do I want to do it as much as possible. <laughs> um but that being said, um there are a couple of things um a couple of tools that I prefer instead of others. For example, I'm not the guy who likes to um use spray, like spray cans for example because I don't think I have enough control over over the over the paint. Um instead um like fine uh, brushes or fine pens, inks, like um these are what I what I prefer. I know. First of all, I want to say thank you for sharing everything that you have so far. I know that it's not easy to talk about art because I think art oftentimes is just an external expression of what you are internally. So it's not that easy to just say like, "Why did I start painting?" or "Why why do I do this and not that?" Because I know it's a very personal, and I think it's very subjective. But I do want to ask you about the first category, which is the your original paintings right you you said acrylic right mm-hmm. actually before that let me ask you did you did you experiment with a lot of different things over the years before landing on your preferred method because i kind of see this as analogous to a lot of crafts right it's like just like you mentioned picasso and dali like they tried a lot of different things and then they finally landed on something which is like this is me right uh, just like a magic player they you may try i think you play goblins you played like Berg Delver, you played different things in the past and you're like, okay, I'm mm. probably more into this combo stock archetype now. So did you right. try experiment with different art forms like over the years to land on this? Um, 
Yeah, and I have have not finished. Like not okay. not not like not not even it's not even it's close. not final. I think it's not final. I, I, yeah. I, I think I they're like yeah I've probably like done like ten percent of all the possible art styles uh out there. Uh, there's like so much different things um and and that's that's so cool about art but also like about magic right like those like magic and art have something in common and it's like there is no there's no finish line um you you can just like keep keep on and on um and and, and build new decks and you know new strategies and meta games change and it's kind of like the same for art where um like in my 20 um you know my 20th um 20s i i i really liked um like fine uh accurate lines and shapes and things like that and now I, I turn 30 and i'm more about um abstract art a little bit um and more about like um the intensity of colors for example um and also like the card alterations in general but i also um have a couple of different art styles within those card alterations um as we're probably going to talk about later um, but there is never it, it's it it will never be a finished product, and that that's what I dig so much about uh, art. So going into this a little bit more, like how did you why did you decide to change your style in your thirties? Is this, is it like life influencing art, or is it something else? Uh, Were you, you just know, like I mean, bored with certain things? You want to experiment? Yeah, it, like, it's yeah, it's kind of yeah. I, I just got bored. <laughs> as simple okay. as that. <laughs> Sorry to generalize, but I guess I got it. No, no, it, no. Right? It's it's yeah. It's seriously just just that. Um. Also, James, it, it's kind of it's kind of funny because I rarely talk about art. Um, yeah, I, I realize this. I, I, this is I, why yeah, this is exciting. I, I, I just, like we're doing this, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just realized I, I rarely talk about art. Uh, I mainly do it. Yeah. Um. Um. So it's I'm feeling a little weird right now. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Um, it's it's kind of like um. First of all, I think I, I think you're very brave and you're very um, uh, you're just very courageous for wanting to oh, talk about you. this uh-huh. stuff because someone else might have just said next question. Like, I don't want to talk about this. This is uncomfortable. But I kind of see it also as kind of this um, general trend in life that, first of all, I think you're very you're a very good person at exploring like new things, which including talking about your art, which I know you don't talk about every day. Uh, but the second thing is also like, it's also this interesting phenomenon where we often try to explain something in past tense and it ends up being like totally weird because like, for example, if I build a company or I have some success as a entrepreneur or author or something, and then someone asks me like, what do you think made you so successful? And I'm just like, I can tell you my perspective, but is it really real? Is it really correct? Like, cause sometimes like you're just doing things in the moment and it's like, it's very hard to explain like, Oh, I Kai started doing acrylic painting, more abstract art because ABC, <laughs> like, is that really true? Like, do we really know what any of, why any of us do anything? Like that's, that's the thing right. that I find really fascinating. Right. Okay. Well, maybe, um, maybe I can add that, um, every, so like sometimes I look, I look back at, um, past, art I, I did like you know things from like one to five years ago whatever and um sometimes i go like huh you know i wouldn't paint it exactly the same way again but i remember how like back in the day it felt it felt right to me like it felt correct um and that's all that matters right like people go through a lot of different um stages in their life sometimes they i don't know like they um they shave um the hair entirely or they they, they change the the fashion style or um 
something like that, right? And it, I think what, what matters is that in those life, different life situations, it needs to feel correct to, um, to you. Like you gotta be super honest with yourself. Um, and by the way, I also like being uh, in uncomfortable situations like, uh, you know, like, like now, I mean, like how often do you get to, um, you know, how often are you like in, a, in an uncomfortable situation? Like I kind of, I kind of dig it. <laughs> okay. My, my personal ethos is just like, if life is too comfortable, then that is uncomfortable for me. So I need to constantly like just take on some challenges because I, I don't think a life that is too comfortable is mm -hmm. worth living. So that, that's just my personal style, right? So I can't assume that's what you feel or how others feel, but I would feel very uncomfortable if I'm too comfortable, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, friend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, at the risk of asking you to describe more, yeah. when you're doing your original paintings, right? Mm -hmm. What Currently, what is your creative process? Like how, how, how do you go from having nothing like something in your head to mm -hmm. having something that you can hang on your wall. So, um, I, I have, um, whenever I, I paint something, I always have a couple of key keywords in, uh, in the back of my head. Um, sometimes I get those ideas while taking a shower. Sometimes I get them, um, at 2 AM and, you know, I, I, I gotta wake up and make some notes on my, on my phone. Um, sometimes I gotta write them down. I, I had it once during stream when I when I made a doomsday pile or something like that. And then I thought about like a new art painting so, like at the same time. So I, ha I had to like quickly write it down and then yeah. um continue with my ridiculous legacy doomsday pile. It's kind of <laughs> art. <laughs> it's kind of art. But those um sometimes you get those ideas in in situations like that, right? And um so I have my so I have a couple of um notes and that can be anything like something emotional um sometimes i i've i'm i um i know it's something like hey uh for example i'm pur purple face with some black and gold maybe or some letters um combine um combine triangles and human lips mm -hmm. something like that it, it doesn't have to make a lot of sense but um, these are like, like if I read them, I know exactly what I'm, what I was um, thinking about. Is so it like a to... daydream or a subliminal dream that you're having, like while you're awake? It just triggers. Uh, it, I don't, I don't know exactly. I, cause I, so whenever you like, sometimes people sit down and they're like, okay, now I, I gotta be creative, and they don't. No, get no, it never ideas, happens. Obviously, it just, it right? just happens. Right? It right? never happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Like don't don't you have any of those like um, moments when you when you uh, when you run for example because like you've been telling me that um, you've been into running for example like so don't you think about I things? will often just have ideas pop up in my head not always when I'm running but just I, I suddenly feel like there's a topic I really want to write about or uh, there's mm -hmm. this idea that I just have in my head for the last couple of days mm -hmm. and I realize I need to I need to freaking write this out and then it becomes a an article right so it used right. to be that i would draw or paint something but now it's kind of like i'm obsessed by an idea and i feel like i need to in order to have closure i need to actually put it out into paper um so that's how yeah. i feel i don't actually feel that much when i'm running like running is just good for me to just not think about anything because you would think that i've always tried to be the kind of person be like yeah when i'm running i can think about all these things and it's like quiet 
But mm. when I'm running, I'm just thinking about my breathing and putting mm. one leg in front of the other. So it's kind of mm. nice to have that sort of blankness, if you will. That, I, right. I like running as an escape from having random thoughts in my head because I do get the random thoughts. Gotcha. Okay. I guess it's kind of different than for um for everyone, but yeah. Yeah. I get those like those uh those moments every every now and then. So even uh, when you're like streaming or playing magic, you'll get like some yeah, ideas in your head or words. Serious, it, yeah, yeah, seriously. Like dude, like the, the other day when I was streaming, right? Like like I've been like talking to chat, um, uh, building this, this doomsday pile. I don't think I had a lot of time left on my clock either. And but that art idea just like popped into my head right this and uh, the same second. I and I, I had to write it down because I knew that if I if I don't write it down, it, it will probably be gone. Yeah. Um, I won't be able to remember. And the so. reason why I ask you if it was a dream is because I will often have actual dreams, right? And then when I wake up, mm -hmm. I actually write it down because I'll forget the dream in <laughs> 10 minutes or 15 minutes. So it's like I have this journal of like dreams on my phone and it's, oh, yeah, it's dreams some are crazy awesome. shit. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you you have these I you have these uh words or concepts and then and then you right. just find time to like sit down and start like do you like first do a sketch before you do the yes the painting exactly okay yeah um i should um I, sh I showed you um uh, a simple sketch it's usually on a, on, a, on a small piece of paper and um i sketched on with like a regular like pen and some um um some grayish colors. It doesn't have to be colorful. I usually keep it like, you know, different gray shapes, blacks, whites, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, because what matters is not the color itself. It's more the, um, the values. So, um, so values means um, how dark or how light a color is. Um, because in the end, um, if I know um, where the darks are and where the lights are in the painting, the, the, the color almost doesn't matter. Almost doesn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i i can think about the colors later and all colors do have a, a different effect on the viewer mm -hmm. right like cold colors warm colors and so on and so forth mm -hmm. um but yeah get, getting that general sketch down and if i have the sketch somewhere um i can paint the painting a day after or even a month after it doesn't matter because i have all those keywords and the sketch um ready so um it's it's yeah it's kind. It's kind of like a like a good solid step number one before actually touching the canvas. And when you get an idea like that, like you get an idea for something while you're creating the doomsday pile, mm -hmm. like, are you just obsessed with that idea, or are you are you able to file it away until you like in a catalog until you work on it, like, or like how does it like, work? Like ideally, I I want I want to say hey yo chat. So it was it was nice uh, talking stop to you. Stop the stream. Let, 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 let me stop the stream right now, and I'll be back tomorrow. Thanks, boy. <laughs> like that's what I ideally want to do, but obviously can't do it um because that'd be like kind of like a dick move. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I try to I try to um readjust my schedule. So my my daily schedule has has changed a lot, and every day uh, in my life is is kind of different. Um, so I have a lot of like little like bricks um, that I can uh, um, move around. And whenever I have, um, yeah, an idea for a new painting, I, I try to squeeze that um, in in the time in the right time frame. Because my current apartment, I I do ha um, I need to make like a proper like light setup, um, but it's like I can I can only paint during daytime. Um, right. between like 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. Um, and after that's going to be too dark to, to paint. So 
alterations, I can do at any time. And I prefer to do alterations at night uh, because that's the time when I can focus the most. Um, but paintings is usually for daytime. So. so tell me a bit about alterations. You mentioned that it's completely different from paintings. I know, even though I don't do alterations, that the form factor is like, it's way smaller. Like people don't often realize that. Like you're just like, it's like you're doing a miniature painting and the cons- there's lots of constraints. So tell me about like, what is it like to to do alterations in general? Yeah. Um, James, let, let, let me let me um tell you um a, um, a little story how how I how how I even got hooked up um recently into like art and alterations in in general because sure um some like mo- some people might know that I used to work at a local LGS in Tokyo it's called uh, Tokyo MTG I used to be the um the graphic designer um or like the head of graphic and um also the shipping manager. Uh, mm-hmm. We did a couple of different things at the company because the company was. And you did some really small. sweet videos too. I remember back in the day. Oh very, yeah, dude! Oh, those, those, were, those were so embarrassing. Holy shit! But that, that um, we gotta. Talk it's all about, about being uncomfortable, after. Kai. That's yeah, fine. Say, I was. I've never felt this uncomfortable, James. I'm telling you. Holy shit! What was it? Was Kai so, guy and it was uh, Kai guy and like guy the guy bilingual MPG. videos. I enjoyed them. So I, I know they're probably more than you did making them. So. <laughs> they, they were probably um. That will connect nicely to uh, to the to the um, Twitch to the streaming part of this podcast, I think. But um, let me let me um, talk about the um, the art events at Token DG. So the owner of Token DG um, was super into original art, um, like original magic art, and um, the store still has a lot of them displayed on their vaults, right? Which is like super super awesome, like the the Grave Titan original painting and a blood moon and like all those super cool magic cards and and like some of those paintings are rather small like way small than you would think like pull the delta for example from onslaught is like actually tiny and um cards like lightning helix were like gigantic things like that and with all those um if those art paintings not only did they um did we also get new customers who were uh, interested in uh, magic but also in art and then we started to do more and more of those art shows where we actually invited those artists from the United States, from Europe, from wh- wh- um, wherever they are, to Japan, to the store, to KMDG, to host like a two, three day art event where, the, um, where there was usually um, a signing session and um, a live painting session. That was the, that was the, the, the sickest thing of, like, of all, right? Where the, um, the artist sits down and um, in front of like 10, 20, 30 people. And we have like a two to three hour session where the artist paints in front of the audience while talking. It's almost like a, like a, like a live stream, basically, where uh, you, you can see exactly how, how things go, starting from the first brushstroke. And I was, um, since I was working there, I, I watched all of them. And the whole time I was like, huh, like, why am I not? that person that's kind of weird right like, like I, I was one of those like 30 people like looking at the artist uh who's like you know super passionate about about art and things like that and i was like man i'm kind of jealous because that's exactly what i want to do and instead like I'm, I'm 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 here doing graphic design instead which i also liked but um it was like a different animal yeah um and and also and and, and after um, people stand in line and then the artists um you know like they signed a couple of cards they did some 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 quick alterations on some cards and that was probably when i realized okay you know what um i sh- 
I should probably also start um, doing more art. Uh, it really got me hooked because I am after those events, um, there was always enough time to talk to those um, artists that, like directly. And because we also got food together and I just showed them my, my past work and, 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 and they all said, hey, if, if, you, if you can um, commit more time and energy and uh, I think you have a lot of potential, right? And um, hearing these words from, from actual super successful um, artists was kind of mm -hmm. like a big push. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, I mean, artist to artist, right? That's, that's some real talk. That's, that's awesome. So it really like working there motivated you to, to go deeper into this. Right. Yeah. And your question was about alterations. alterations okay. Yeah. I mean, no, that is such a small part <laughs> of it too, but like, just how did you start with alterations and maybe explain the process too of alterations? Right. So um, alterations for, um, uh, for everyone who doesn't know um, is if someone um, paints on a magic card, Right, so, so the magic card already has an um, has an artwork, but um, it is possible to paint over it or to add something to the artwork um, to extend the borders. Yeah, um, you've seen it maybe a couple of times. Um, you can do whatever you want as long as it's like pleasing to the eye. Um, and there's been a, a lot of different um, types of card alterations. Um, for me personally, I try to not compete with the or original artist because um yeah I, I i like i like competition in magic but i don't like competition in art maybe that's that's like so a, what, what like, does that mean not competing like you want your the so, alteration to complement the existing instead of overriding it or what exactly that's exactly what i mean yeah um i don't wanna i don't wanna paint something over the original artwork but instead i, I want to add something to that piece that kind of like makes it more interesting maybe or more like unique is maybe is maybe the um, the word i was like looking for um yeah how, how did you start doing it like what made you want to start <laughs> um so in 2016 um i made a terrible mistake of uh, slaving up um countertop miracles for a legacy gp it was in gp chiba oh gosh yeah dude yeah. i should have i should have played storm and um instead i i was i was i was that stupid, stupid kid who sleeped up um, <laughs> top, top top miracles and i was not even good at playing it anyway so I, I picked up the deck and it had about five to six basic lands like a, a whole lot right like so so many so many basics in comparison to ad tendrils which was like back in the day my absolute number one pet deck mm -hmm. and there was so many basics and i like the whole time i was thinking like hey man like how is there like a way how I, I can make my deck stand out or like how I can make my deck not necessarily more beautiful, but like more like unique, yeah, like literally like to, to, to make it like look different than, than, um, than other decks yeah. um, is what I had in mind. And, and then I was like, okay, well maybe card alterations, that'd be, that'd be kind of cool. But like sending those cards to, to someone and then tell, and again, you know, I, since I've been super picky, uh, I was like, I mean, if what if right. I send what if they get send, like 90% yeah, of it just to be disappointed? Yeah. Right. Like what if I send this this island to, to um to the artist and then he does like a I don't know, like like a Spider-Man um alteration. I don't and I don't even like Spider-Man. Like that kind of <laughs> that, <laughs> that sort of deal, right? Um so it's like, hey, maybe I can just, you know, uh kind of try it out and and um so I I bought a couple of um different pens, oil, um oil-based. And did my first couple like sketchy-ish 
uh, alterations on on some of some of my basics. And um, in fact, I still do have most of them uh, in my in my magic box here. Um, I sold a couple ones, but um, the important ones are are still here. Like I think one was like um, with a mock sapphire, and the other planes um, had like a census divining top, which is kind of stupid for a tournament. If if you if you if you um, play that on turn one, your opponent knows exactly what's going on. But um, and, and like the more the, the more I played the deck, the, the more my opponent said, "Hey, you know that that's kind of it's kind of interesting." I think at first they didn't say hey, it looks really cool because I was also not really good at it. Um, but they said, "Hey, it's it's, it's kind of interesting that you're doing this." And I was like, "Oh well, maybe there's some some potential." And again, like lands um, specifically, they stay on the battlefield, right? So um, um, whenever my opponent was like taking too much time during uh, the turns, I was like, at least like looking by basics <laughs> <laughs> and thinking right. about like new alteration ideas yeah right right so how did you develop that from doing it for yourself to doing it for others right and then um it was march this year 2021 when i um thought okay i, I gotta maybe sell a couple of my magic cards like some of my like modern staples legacy staples um that haven't been touched in in, in months and years and um I was also like, hey, you know, I, I got those altered cards. I I kind of want to keep them, but let's uh, let me let me put them on auction, like a, on a yeah, on like a Japanese like um auction page, and they sold instantly. And I was like, what? Okay, uh, I tried it out the the um the other day with like um a couple of other alteration um alterated cards, and they also sold instantly. I was like, oh wow, like what the hell? And then I found out that um people. And bought them because they knew that I that that I played them at the at the GP. So that's so like has a historical value, right? Exactly, and that, that that's why I realized that like art and, and card alterations are so much more. Because James, like, let me let me ask you a question. Like, if you if you um have an empty wall in your apartment, right, and you can either buy um, a painting, a beautiful painting, but you don't know the artist, or you can buy a different painting um, from some um, from someone you know. Uh, from um, which one would you pick, right? Even though, you, like, even though the, the first the um, the no name painting might fit better to um, to your room, it's obviously the second one because everything that we have, or at least I feel like when we become more adults, like mm -hmm. it's less about just. It is about aesthetics, but it's also about the story, right? I think the story Dude, is the big part. You nailed it. You nailed it. Yes, exactly. That's exactly. And I did. I didn't know. I like. It took. I don't know. Maybe I, I was probably too stupid. But like, I it, it just it just never rang a bell. No, in it's my not head. stupid. It's just like as we get older or our life changes, like things become more important. Like now, I I'd rather have an interesting conversation with somebody because of a painting I have on my wall than to be like I have objectively a nicer painting a than painting b right because like there's only so much i can do with it on my own you know exactly so yeah it's all about storytelling and that, that that's what that's what i like so much right like if you invite someone to your house and, th and then they say hey well that's that's an interesting painting you have on the wall then you can in immediately tell a story about that weird <laughs> japanese german dude you know who, who, who streams uh, magic and then does art and um that that's exactly the same for card alterations like if if you play with cards in your in your deck that are altered by a specific person you know maybe you've played against him or maybe you've um, you've seen his stream maybe 
um, it is so different than um, ha- having a beautifully altered card by someone you actually don't know because all you can say about that card is yeah yeah it looks nice that that's all you can say um, about it right so the so I was I was kind of mind blown when I, when I when I found out that um, those alterations sold immediately um, because of the because of the history of the card um, and that I had my terrible day one punt with that deck probably. <laughs> so so that that's really interesting because I'm going to guess for new alterations, it's like people want to come to you for your services because you are Kai Sawatari, because they know who you are and what you represent. So it's not like now they're buying a card that you played in some GP, but it's like if they want, they, they want you to do it because they know you're a magic player. They know your past work, whether it's playing magic or art. So they want you to do it right, because like there's a very specific reason why they would someone would come to you now for an alteration as opposed to somebody else, right? Yeah, um, I, I guess so. Yeah, and that, that that's awesome. Really, there's, there's probably a reason why the the card I've altered the most in my life is uh, is the card Doomsday. <laughs> I've got this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, just it's just awesome. So thank you, everyone. Um, and yeah, like I and every time I get an alteration request um, where, where people go, hey, you know, I've been watching a stream, super cool content. And by the way, could, could, could you alter like a couple of um, cards for me or for, for a friend of mine? And that's that's every time um, I get such a request, it, it's it's seriously, it, it's kind of hard to describe because it is so like beautiful, really. Um, mm-hmm. The the idea and, and, and how, how people appreciate your work and you as a person ultimately, right? Yeah. But but let me let me flip the question right because you said that when you initially consider getting someone else to alter the art for you you didn't want to do it because you're a perfectionist or you're very particular so it's like you don't want someone to alter the art and it comes back being not 100 percent of what you want that's why you you decided to DIY right so right. Um, the flip side of that is if someone asks you to do something for them like alter the art like they give you a doomsday they say alter the doomsday mm-hmm. how do you is it important to them that that you get 100% of what they want? Is it do you, is like how does it work like when you're the person now providing a service to other people? Whenever people ask me about alterations, um I I like the first question I ask them is, "Hey, do you have do you have something in mind? Like it can be keywords, it can be um maybe the deck, uh, your favorite deck, your favorite format, maybe your background and and any info. Um you don't have to go super into detail, but give me like a, a general direction and then leave the rest um to me and um i will i will I'll finish it for you and most people in fact have no specific alterations in mind they, they give me like a direction um but they they don't go like hey you know and, and then like in this corner i want i want this to be like you know placed and like and then like 90 degrees from there like you know it needs to be like this object and and please use these colors and so on and so forth i have a lot of um freedom like free, free play um, mm-hmm. while making those. And that's, that's, that's awesome, really. Um, I wouldn't mind if, if, if people also give me like more um, specific directions, but um, if you, I think if you know what you're doing, it's usually the best to leave it up to the person. Like it's the same as like, if, um, imagine if you are not um, a chef, but you go to that restaurant and go like, hey, you know, waitress, um, could, I like to order the steak, but can you make it like exactly like, like like this and this and that and then i, w- I want to have like i don't know like baked potatoes instead of fries and then so on and so forth right um they can certainly do it but i don't know if that would be like the 
it feels almost like kind of a violation too of like you're you're almost. kind of like overstepping the artist or the creator like what they want almost, almost yeah or like if, if you get a new haircut right like like some most people i see you go like hey yeah you know whatever fits me best boom go yeah. ahead yeah you have to <laughs> you have to trust the person who's doing the service for you to do it in the right. way that they they know how to do it yeah it's like getting a haircut like i i, I don't think right. I, actually i don't know i don't I, i'm guessing i'm not like that but i'm guessing most people don't go to their stylists and show them the magazine of like someone's hairstyle and just do i want exactly that it's it's like it has to be a conversation about like is it fitting your style and that kind of thing right exactly yeah 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 Okay, well, let's jump into a few uh, specific art pieces now. Now, now that we've gone through the whole the, your whole process <laughs> and methodology, uh, we're probably going to shorten this to be like just a couple of the the few pieces. But um, sure. and just for people listening along, all the pieces will be posted on humansandmagic.com. You know, shameless plug, so that you can, as you're listening to this, you can actually uh, look at the art. But um, I want to start with actually the the one that you did for. I think it's Marcus, right? So uh, yeah, that's the first one, the alteration. So we're gonna have the photo of the three cards on humansandmagic.com. But could you just describe for people, like in the moment, just uh, what what it looks like? Like, what did you do specifically? Yeah, so I uh, that was like um, a kind of like a like a unique request. Um, so Marcus Evald, um, Legacy High Tide Master, um, he approached me the other day and he was like, "Hey, um." I um I have never been into alterations. Uh, that's really interesting, right? When, when, when people start a sentence like that, right? So yeah. he has he has never been into art, but um he still wants to have something unique for his deck. And he is like, um, I don't wanna get my full deck altered, but I do have two win conditions in my legacy high tide deck, which is um brain freeze and blue sun zenith, right? And I want an alteration that kind of connects those two cards. That that was um, and then he mentioned something about, um, yeah, maybe some, some, some blue marbles, maybe some, some tights, maybe like, like maybe the moon, something like that, that, and that's all I got from him. So I had the keywords. Okay. So moon two um, brain freeze and blue something it maybe, and maybe like, a um, there should be like a connection between those two cards mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. And, um, he also mentioned like maybe if, if I can do like a high tide counter or like a, some something that can show um, Marcus' opponent how many tight tides have been cast this um, this turn, right? Yeah. Um, so that was that was basically his rough uh, request, and I was like, okay, well, um, I um, I got blue sun zenith and brain freeze. I looked at the card for for a little bit, tried to you know um, try to like. Um, figure out how, how I can possibly connect those two because um, both do, um, those two cards are painted by two completely different artists, Izzy and um, Tim Hildebrandt. And um, I thought, okay, what if I make this like like a sun and moon kind of wheel, um, um, almost like an emblem, mm-hmm. which starts on on the on the left side um, for Blue and Zenith, and it ends on the right uh, on the right side and ends on, on brain freeze. So if you put the cards next to each other, it almost looks like completed mm-hmm. and give it like a, a little bit of like a, like a, like a gold black frame, uh, a couple of like um, um, sparkles and things like that. Um, and yeah, that, that's, uh, that's what I ended up doing. Yeah. I'm looking and, at it right now. It looks very, uh, 
it looks very connected. Uh, what did you consider bleeding the moon into the borders, just like how you have the marbles kind of go outside the frame? Did you consider that, or is it just like a personal I, mm -hmm. aesthetic thing? Um, I did, I did. Um, um, yeah. When, whenever, so maybe another thing about um, my alterations is that because I am also a tournament player, um, I try to do my best to keep um to keep all those cards tournament legal ah, right? so okay. so i so yeah. so what, what so what i so what i don't do is um to cover any text on the cards so mm -hmm. you will probably never see me cover them um, the card name the card type text mm -hmm. um unless unless my um unless the um the request specifically says you know just go wild and you, you can to cover the whole card mm -hmm. um but again i think from a tournament player to a tournament player um, the card should look unique, but also needs to remain like um, tournament legal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is where your background as a Magic player uh, and also your personal style, which is like, I don't want to completely transform the card where the original art is not recognizable. Right. I think these are two right. things that are we're seeing directly here in this uh, set of alterations. So that's that's really cool. And we got your signature on the lower right. It, it looks like you've definitely been working on your signature it looks better than a few years ago um <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's all i do in my free time right <laughs> you told me once that you 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 practice tapping your magic cards so i can only imagine you must have practiced your signature as well yeah <laughs> uh yeah i mean in, in the little bit of free time i got yeah sure <laughs> what's what's with the tentacles is it is it the is it the tendrils of agony's background or is it is it what what's with the tentacles on the high tide counter oh yeah so um so the high tide counter um that that one is based on on a on a blank card um these these blank cards used to be like um filler cards on those like world champion decks from back in the day like 22 uh, 1995 98 yeah. and so on yeah. and um so i was quickly thinking about um how i can make um a counter which can basically show how many high tides have been cast so so i am um, i made this like um this different like like five moons um mm -hmm. with like diff different shapes and then some and then two tentacles like a, I, I was thinking um since it is still high tide so like you know like in the ocean see like those things I'm um, also like sea monsters kind of kind of kind of come into mind. Oh, um, like a kraken or something. Not yeah. So I was okay. I was thinking about a kraken mm -hmm. um, that can like accompany this uh, this whole thing. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Okay, this is probably not what you've been expecting for a podcast so far, where we're like talking about your art and doing this whole like kind of uh, different thing. But uh, hopefully, it's okay so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's jump to the second piece of art that I want to go through with you, which is the Yurian alteration. Can you tell me the story behind that? And, oh, that's uh, oh, dude, that's so that's so freaking cool. Oh, uh, yeah. cute. Um, so um, this request is from uh Dukes on Twitch. Um, if you don't know him, please check him out on on, on Twitch and all his socials. Um, he's fantastic uh, legacy player, super super positive energy from Australia. And he Dukes, he um he sent me a message um a couple of weeks back and, and and he was like hey dude um so i have a friend in canada and he's like his dog's kind of like going through rough times and i want to send him like a little gift um to you know to give him like like mental support right and, and like first of all that gesture is so just crazy really mm -hmm. it, it i i think it's such a such a such a such a nice move and um 
and so so I was like, okay well um could you maybe give me like a like a picture of um of his dog and and he sent me like a recent picture and um he told me that his friend plays uh yorian in legacy like as a as the um not commander how was it the companion and yeah then i um and he he told me a little bit of like like a small do's and don'ts and um yeah that was like one of those few um alterations as um as a gift for someone mm -hmm. um i've also got like a couple of um, requests as like birthday presents um things like that um like giving having some something personal as a gift for someone is just uh it's a nice idea especially in times like these with um with uh, covid i think where people can't meet up yeah so so let's talk about this specific one at, at least visually right so the story mm -hmm. is very good you you have the I think it's Roy. That's the that's uh, his dog's name. Like, oh yeah, is is oh, like yeah. in the in the foreground. Um, you've also added kind of uh, these gold lines around the frame. So what what does yeah. that indicate? Is it like uh, meant to be like a a, a visual frame of something? Yeah. yeah. Um. So since since I've been doing a lot of graphic design in my in the previous company, um, in in graphic design, it's all about like making posters, making like banners, making um, adding shapes and shape, adding shapes and pictures and, and combining them old so that they look nice, basically, and like pleasing to the eye. And um, th these black and gold um, lines, they kind of come from the, uh, from the sketches from Usa Saga I did previously. And um, they were all really, they've been kind of successful. And I thought, hey, you know what? I, I, I kind of like this, um, this art style where I add like a somewhat of like a frame to, to, the, to the art itself. And I've been doing it ever since. Not on not all alterations, um, but it was definitely, I think on the, on the high tide ones as well. Mm -hmm. um, it, is something, it is something you don't see very often on Magic Cards. Um, but again, it is another thing that makes it stand out. And also... Um, maybe one day people can, um, because of that, um, quote unquote, like frame, people can maybe go like, "Hey, wow, this is this is this is like by um, Kaiservatari." Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that looks it looks really nice. We got the paw prints on the in the corner as well. Uh, it's a nice <laughs> touch, and yeah. I guess this is one of the few uh, alterations where you actually did want to cover the the original Yorian companion, right? Because like the dog is not that related to a flying, a flying snake, right? <laughs> it's not. It's <laughs> yeah, not, not so far, but um, that, that's, uh, that's what Dukes wanted. So um, yeah. So this is a, an especially nice one to talk to you about because I not only know Dukes, but I also know Jeff, who is uh, the, the recipient of this card. So oh, nice. he actually posted in our community we have a we have a slack that we we use together and right. he was just extremely touched by by this card and because he had no idea dukes uh, requested this for him and it just he was just like I, it probably just made his year and he's also a legacy player uh he has his own podcast canadian threshold and uh uh it, it's just it's just nice because i just wanted to I'm really glad you you brought this piece up as something that you wanted to talk about because it's it's really well done. It has a story behind it, and I think the person that uh, I know the person that received it really really loves it. So, 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, do you ha- do you have a good matchup against uh against him or how, like how often did you play against each other? Uh, not very often. I think I may have played him like once in my life in paper because we we were both from Vancouver, Canada area, but I no longer live there. Uh, so right. uh, and I run into him once in a while on MTGO, and uh, yeah, he's he's uh he's definitely a dedicated death and taxes player i think he plays goblins as well but mostly death and taxes okay ether, so ether ether vial it is yeah okay exactly exactly right okay it's, it's it's a bad time to be an ether vial player because of this card called prismatic ending but anyways um we'll, we'll <laughs> move on uh okay so let me just touch on one last piece of art to to have you talk about because we, you got so much but let's just focus on one so we can also talk about the, the other topics i want you to talk about the one you sent me where it shows you outside your home, like holding it up. Uh, it's an original, original work. It's, it's like, a, maybe, maybe you can describe it. I can describe it. Maybe I'll just butcher the description. Yeah. yeah. Maybe just describe this one for, for our listeners. And of course, we're going to have this piece of art on humansandmagic.com. So someone can, right. uh, listeners can listen to, can see it too. Yeah. So, um, so this is, um, this one is called uh, the composer 2021. Um, I've done, um, last year, I've done a whole um, composer series, um, and um, it is basically a human face and with um, a clef, um, like the, that little thing. Um, like when I'm like every every song starts with that, right? Um, mm-hmm. They have it in the face, and um, I I wanted to I wanted to um, go a little abstract with the shapes. Uh, with gold and gold and black so it's so like ever since i um i did those alterations in gold and black i thought it'd be kind of cool to do it and also like an acryl acrylic kind of paint so um it is like you have you have a kind of like like a beige background and then this like this human face where the eyes are covered with like um like rectangles and then like small little cubes and um and it is like to me that like and what I like so much about this um, um this piece is that it has a super strong contrast between the human uh the human body, which is like um not only like fragile but also um has a lot of different like shapes to it, um shades, um and values. And then you have those um edgy shapes. Um and I don't know, like I think they, they got the contrast between um those like hard edges and like the soft skin mm-hmm. is uh is what i really dig about it and yeah i don't remember exactly what went through my head back then but um i want i wanted to cover his eyes mainly because of um like to um to show people like how um how we like follow things like blindly especially in japan um it is i i don't want to talk too much in detail but um i've 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 seen a lot of like my friends in Japan um, who kind of like blindly follow a lot of rules. When, when I came back from Germany last month, for example, um, I again like realized how many quote unquote like stupid rules there are in Japan, mm-hmm. um, and how everyone kind of like blindly follows them without even thinking about it. Um, in in Europe and I guess also in America, you have less rules and, p- and people have their own minds about them. Um, well things like or like what what is right or wrong and um so yeah that's like that's like something which really like whenever i think about it i feel so non-japanese um mm-hmm. 
so that that's why I wanted, I wanted like to cover um, the eyes and go like, hey, you know, like, like this this person is kind of like blindly following these like edgy rules, right? Um, like right. even. Hmm? What about the? Um, it looks like you know some of the symbols or the blocks. Um, they 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 appear to be bleeding, right? Like there's a kind of like dripping. Like yeah. What 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 does that mean to you? Yeah, um, because like every every rule um, has also <laughs> a little bit of like a like a hole. You, you you can find holes in 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 rules, right? Yeah. Um, because there are always people who who try to break them. Like I think there was like there's like a saying which says like like rules are there to um to break. Rules are like made that. to be broken or to be break to be broken. Yeah, yeah. something like that. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's that's basically it. Um, again, I I also had my my um. My moments here in Japan, especially like in in, in companies in, Jap- in Japanese companies, where people just knew that I didn't fit perfectly. And I gotta be honest, like being half Japanese and half German, like I don't fit in any country like perfectly, right? Like I'm whenever I'm in Germany, I'm this like weird Japanese dude. Whenever in Japan, I'm this weird German foreign dude. I mean, who can speak Japanese, but like not a hundred percent. So. Oh, I feel I've, that. I feel that hundred yes. percent. It's like in Canada, right, I'm like yeah, the Asian guy, and Asia, I'm the Canadian guy. I totally get you. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I've always been like surrounded by like those like rules of that country and like th- things mm-hmm. you have to do and not, and and and, and me trying to like figure out how, how how much I can push and pull. Yeah. So, so what I know, I'm older than you, uh, and I, I remember turning thirty as well, which is a long time ago, but. The one thing I can offer you here is that, and you probably have this figured already. I'm just sharing as a friend, right? I think when you're younger, you always think about how do I conform or how do I, who am I supposed to be? And I think you, as you get older, you just get, you just realize it's actually a privilege to be multicultural. It really is. It's actually better to be Japanese and German. And you no longer have to think about like, am I more German or than Japanese or more Japanese than German? Like you are just who you are and everybody's unique. And I think you just will find people in your life that accept you for who you are. And that's just going to be great. Like it sounds very cliched, but I think as you get older, you just lean more into just embracing who you are and you stop bullshitting yourself about like, am I not being myself? Like you are just always going to be yourself. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess like you, you got to always make like the best out of it. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. And also it leaves me a lot of room to like make, make fun of myself. So good <laughs> yeah yeah okay so this is a really nice piece then so it's got a lot more story behind it like it's sort of like a uh, a creative thing but it's also like a a statement on society like a statement on how you feel sometimes like you're like sometimes the composer and maybe sometimes you see other people as being right the composer or blinded or not blinded that's interesting yeah um the, and the um the clef and like why also why i called it composers is also like my my the conflict i had between um music and art when i was um like a middle school student right but again james like i like for this piece i had, I had a lot of thoughts but like, there are other uh, um other paintings where i had like almost zero stories okay so okay. sometimes <laughs> uh, it just comes out and sometimes it, it just comes up and intentionality and, 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 like, sometimes you paint something is like oh why wow, I, I guess this looks really pretty so yeah let's go with it without um thinking too much about it that can Got also it. happen, right? Got it. Nice, nice. Okay, well, I guess we're gonna switch gears now and talk about your your streaming. So, oh yeah, you know, this is probably what people who are listening to this are most uh, wanting to know. But uh, 
how do I, let, let me think about how I put this into some questions, right? So how did you decide to start streaming? Cause like you, in a way you sort of were kind of an overnight success. I mean, not really, but you, you grew traction very quickly when you decided to start streaming in terms of followers and viewership. So going back to, you know, day one or day zero, how did you decide to start? Yeah. So, um, so, so back in elementary school, like if, if the teacher asked in class, like who wants to sing a song in front of class? Like that was me. Right. <laughs> like I, I was the first guy like raising uh, raising the hand and it was like dude yeah i i, I totally want to sing i'm like it, it wasn't always a song but like I, I wanted to i don't know like um tell a story in front of class or like sing a song or juggle bolt or like something like that right mm-hmm. um i've and that's probably also like because of my um because my music musical indication where i played the violin when i was seven years old um i I went on stage as, as a as a you know seven year eight year old kid uh, in front of like a lot of people and obviously it is kind of terrifying at first but um um I got I, I kind of got used to it and and even now if I'm whenever I meet up with people I always I I start to feel a little uncomfortable when. Oh man, it's 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 oh man, I I I want to say it without sounding like a dick, but um, <laughs> I wanna whenever whenever I meet up with people, if I see that there's like a, an another person who um who also talks a lot of in front of people and so on, I I, I kind of feel like man, like yeah, he's kind of like stealing the show almost because mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanna mm-hmm. I wanna be the guy who tells all the stories, mm-hmm. um, or like I I really like to get together people around me and um and just have a, have a, like a, a good time together um it doesn't have to be like me always talking or something like that it, it can like um just like being on the same sure you want like energy to gather kind of around you like you may not kind yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and um as for my stream the the initial idea why i wanted to stream was um to push my art that was like that was like my 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 first um my first like reason to to even mm-hmm. start it because i was like okay well so i i can post all my alterations and my art on, on social media such like instagram and, and, and twitter and so on but it would be more interesting if i can also um, connect with people in real life because like remember what we talked about we, we talked about like um, storytelling right if people yeah. have um an alter card in the deck and um but they all they have also seen me live on stream and they have like typed something in the chat. I've, I've responded and, you know, there's instantly boom. There's like a, there's a connection between those two people. Yes. And um, so that's where I um, started a stream where I was like, okay, as the main concept for the stream, I want to be, I want to be playing magic because that's like the, the um, cause that's not only entertaining. It's also like, um, educational people can hopefully learn from from, from my mistakes it's a hook right like it's it's something tried and established so people will come in for that initially it's, you hook them totally. in but maybe you can attract them other ways once they're in totally totally yeah and during those um legacy challenges for example we have to wait in um in between rounds i was like, okay well what like what is the best thing i can do to make the stream as entertainment as entertaining as possible and it's like well may, maybe i can show people how well like what happens in the sawatari kitchen and with kitchen mm-hmm. i mean my my table mm-hmm. <laughs> with those uh, alterations and like how i make them and and and, and talk about magic I, I can talk about any like about the last opponent or about about uh, my, my legacy deck or whatever while painting art so yeah. people can um have like the whole menu 
and um and yeah and like for us for a stream like streams or can be customized entirely right and I, ma I made a huge list on okay so like what are my strengths like what are the things i'm, I'm kind of good at so and i want to push as many of those things in that stream as possible so for instance all all my alerts whenever we get a new follower or whenever um, there is a raid or a new subscription mm -hmm. or any of that, uh, you hear me singing in the background, right? right? right. Like it goes like, we get a new follower, right. things like that, right? right. And uh, so like, so I took my musical education from like way back in the day. I was like, hey, it'd be kind of cool if I can like record myself and you have like a, you know, yeah. as a little thank you for, for following, you get like a, the whole Sawatarix Sawat choir experience. <laughs> yes. Yes. And like there's a lot of attention to detail that I think many streamers just don't care about and they probably should. I know that our friend Julian Kanab is always talking about like magic streams really need to get better, right? Like it starts with audio right. quality, which is something that you have achieved, but also like just the aesthetics of it. And I think being an artist that happens to play magic i would i would call you as an artist that happens to play magic not a, a magic player that happens to do art i think you're fun first mm -hmm. and foremost an artist like that has a big impact on your stream because if you really wanted to in the future you could probably do a stream like of you just painting and i know you have done it like part-time but like mm -hmm. you're not defined just by being a magic player you're like you're a very good magic player but but it doesn't doesn't define you and i think that's really what's interesting to me about your stream is that you're willing to show the different sides of you in at a at a time in the world where it seems like people just want to see one thing like people just want to see specialization right you like people right. just like to label somebody as like that's the doomsday guy or that's the guy that paints that thing right like but right. you're trying to in a good way, you're trying to be like a good generalist, right? You have general skills and different things, but they all kind of work together. You know what I mean? Oh, totally, totally, yeah. And yeah, like it, it is totally okay to to combine different things on stream. I think, um, if you do the same, if you do in your stream, if you do the same thing as everyone else, then you're not gonna you're not gonna stick out, um, and people will, will probably you know like watch a different stream instead like streaming is streaming is a different animal than uh youtube videos because you can only watch one stream at a time right um i don't want to compete with any, with any other legacy streamers especially because um legacy streamers are all awesome and um there's like not enough legacy streams in general right um but for me i was okay so um all i want to do now is to reach reach out to more people show um show them about my basically all my passion really which is like art which is magic which is like entertainment which is also a little bit of music uh and and also like talks about japan for example where i live like people it, it, like the chat is really interesting because i'm um, like in the chat there's like a lot of questions about legacy there's also questions about art about uh what i had for breakfast this morning um mm -hmm. how it is to to live in japan Mm -hmm. um especially now that people can't really travel um it's like a lot of different things that happen in, in, in twitch chat so um it's super super nice really this is also something that you, you've done quite well is that your stream is a, is you know you've got the three flags and it's essentially like a trilingual stream right you have german japanese and english and sometimes you're just talking and alternating between languages so was that difficult to do is that difficult to do 
yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say no. It's incredibly easy. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it, four it brains. Kind of, it, it kind of fucks with your brain. Um, because yeah. <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes I want to say something in English, and I only know the word in German and Japanese, but not in English, right. and then vice versa. And it, 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 it's it's kind of, it's kind of getting like all messy and uh, and weird. Yeah. But um, generally speaking, um, it is also a nice way to um like a to keep your to keep keep your brain working right like mm -hmm. properly so that things don't get um like rusty do you like uh, doing it that just, way or do you think you'll change it for the future like because um, i could see maybe a world where you it's just difficult for everybody maybe just go all english but i don't i don't know how you feel so, about everything yeah so um unfortunately on twitch you can't see um like how many people tuned in from i don't know brazil or from 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 um from uh from, from different other, other countries right? right um but i've i've noticed that um there's a lot of people watching from uh both australia and the states and um europe mainly germany um or austria but also like a lot of japanese so it's it's, it's kind of hard to to balance everything um basically i have this rule of you, you can type in whatever language like whatever of those three languages you want in the chat and i will respond in the same language so if you type something in japanese i'll i will respond in japanese obviously um yeah and um i also do have um a little a little mission because i'm not a native english speaker um i have i i've been watching dude i've been watching a lot of um videos how to um get better at talking or like how to mix up words or i like I, ha I have like this little sheet of paper which is like taped to my screen with all the different words i can say instead of the world uh, instead of the word very because i think the word very is so overused right overused so so, I, so yeah. I, if, if i if i can like quickly like read out my list like, it goes like extremely especially <laughs> notably truly incredibly quite overly blah immensely like or like any um or some some words for for good right because you can't always say hey this card is really good or this painting is good like what do you blah, have blah, to blah. say this is tremendous, right so, so, so you know so is... just to give you like a little bit of like uh a couple of like sawtarik's uh inside notes like for example dope sick lit mvp oh, fire man. primo rio bueno yeah, yeah. outstanding superior yeah. blah 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 right so you don't you don't have the same issues like if you have to express yourself in german or japanese like you can always find uh, different adjectives or it's easier because i'm, I'm native german and, and japanese mm -hmm. but in english in english is so it is it's also like a challenge for me right like so i wanna um i get hopefully a little better playing magic while streaming um i also connect with more people but i can also polish my my english um right. i can like the more i stream the better i um I get um in talking and like all those all those skills really like they kind of they kind of blend nicely into each other um all the social media like in companies hire people specifically to do the social media and uh, social media or like social media and um, um, I don't know, like marketing manager or something like that. Right. Like, like I, I got to do everything by myself. So I, I, I did some research on how, how do you, like how often do you post on Twitter? How do you make posts that are really catchy? How do you make sure that um, people want to um, follow you or like want to, want to connect with you um, and how to keep those people mm -hmm. in, um, 
like entertained and 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 so so i also started on my own discord i was never interested in like doing something like that but mm-hmm. um after doing some research i was like, okay well if you want to build up a community and that's basically what i've been doing mm-hmm. uh for the past couple of months like having an own discord server where people can come together um show their pet pictures i also have a thread where they can they can they can um post their um meals or like, like the food they made um yeah. their their paper decks um pictures of that or literally like, like selfies um things like that like all all those things combined um kind of yeah make it so that um even in those times with corona there um there is somewhat of a a, a unique uh community like a, the, there's the Salatarix family as as I, yeah. as I keep saying yeah that's good that's good so are you happy with your stream so far like i don't know how, how long has it been since you since day one dude it's been five months and i've been i've never been happier seriously dude okay it's, so uh, you're happy with how everything's going uh, and the growth um, and... yeah okay but all like but being happy while always always um doing research how i can improve literally like, like my layout and the times when i stream the stream content things mm-hmm. i talk about um, how I act on social media and so on and so forth. It's, it's, it's never ending, mm-hmm. but it, that, that, that's so, that's so interesting, James, seriously, because like I've, I'm every day is so different and between painting, altering, streaming, um, um, improving layouts, um, research about, um, social media, um, getting in contact with, with people, getting uh, requests, doing emails, um, doing numbers like all the like, and also like um getting better magic you know playing some leagues here and there um and cooking and and going to the gym and like all those and, and doing graphic design like all those things are so different but also so interesting and they they kind of um build this 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 um how do you say like like my 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 daily weekly schedule it's, it's super super colorful um it's not boring at all and it and it is it is somewhat um, terrifying at first because I am self-employed at this point, and um, you don't have a safe paycheck at the end of the month, right? right. Um, so um, it is it can be uh, well, you know, it can be connected to like anxiety maybe sometimes, uh, and so on and so forth. But I have always been um, the guy who who'd rather do things they like instead of like making like a big career mm-hmm. um like you know like focusing only on money um so yeah i, I see you as more of a uh i mean obviously you're a creative person but also you're like a freelancer right like you're 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 just somebody who because i really believe this i think freedom is a choice right in terms of your career like it's like you can be a salary man or you can be a streamer with maybe a more flexible schedule um to- totally yeah it, it's just choices right but i see you as being more like uh, of a freelancer or i might even say more of an entrepreneur because you're just trying to make things happen on your own right so yeah totally totally and you don't i think in life you don't have you don't you don't get that chance very often so if you get the chance i would instantly i would instantly like snap grab it uh, because who knows right like who, who knows if you were able to do that if you were when you're like 40 or 50 or 60 um you do, do you think plans. do you think about sustainability because uh you know you're i've definitely talked to a lot of streamers i including talking to the longest tenured magic streamer alive i just had him a few episodes ago uh so 
you know, he streamed for Newmont streamed for like 10 years or something like that. So, I mean, do you, do you think about that? Like just long-term viability of doing what you're doing? Um, because I imagine things will, will change for you personally, you know, things will get more exciting, less exciting. So how do you, yeah. how do you look at your future, uh, maybe short-term to medium-term um, future? Yeah. Uh, so um, for, for streaming specifically, um, there's only a super small percentage of people who can actually um, make a living out of streaming. Uh, it's like less than zero, uh, less, less than 1%. Um, I, I use streaming for um, basically for, to, to keep people connected. And um, it is somewhat similar to um, the different art styles we, we talked about where um, currently in 2021, the Kai, 30-year-old Kai um, in year 2021, um, definitely thinks that um, everything um, happening now is, 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 is good. Um, but who knows? I'm, I might change gears completely in, in, a, in a couple of years. That might totally happen. Um, who knows um, if, if magic is still a thing. I hope, I hope so. But um, like magic and art, the art scene, um, I might also move to a different country. Um, like all these things can happen, right? Because I'm also like together with my girlfriend um and uh we are also thinking maybe of like planning like a, a small family maybe soon mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah all these little factors um like a lot of things can happen and and i'm 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 kind of spontaneous seriously um i i don't mind if things change completely um tomorrow so that's good so just to uh close the interview uh are you okay if we do some rapid fire lightning round questions because you have some fans and they ask you some questions and uh, hopefully you can answer them all right so rapid fire questions you you ready uh yeah ready when you are first question julian Kanab asks what things do you miss most from your time in regensburg i'm sorry i can't pronounce it properly uh, yeah dude how do you it's pronounce a, it <laughs> it's regensburg Regensburg and yeah. Berlin. What things do you miss most from your time in Regensburg and Berlin of the non-culinary, non-family variety? Obviously, you miss family. Obviously, you miss food. But what else? Uh, Julian, good question. Um, the things I miss are probably like memories from, from, from back in the day. So Regensburg was, um, pl- uh, was a super unique time in my life and I, when I started um, to pick up my first magic cards um, and there was also a time when I, when I played a little bit of Warhammer in between um, but the first couple of years when I've been playing magic and like being that casual mono black zombie player is uh, kind of a unique time for me and um, um, that's for, for Regensburg and Berlin Berlin um, is so not only the, the capital of, of Germany, but also I think the, the most like um, the city with the, with the most hippies, like the most artists, the most um, you, you can you can basically do whatever you want in Berlin. That's, that's probably what I want to say here. Um, unlike mm-hmm. other cities, um, Berlin does offer a lot of a lot of space for all sorts of people, um, no matter what you do. And um, like you, you can you can tell people that you I don't know you. you you collect trash for a living and they, they will probably not, they'll probably say, Oh, that's actually pretty cool. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I hope you, you know, you know what I want to mean. Yeah, uh, yeah, Berlin, lot, Berlin freedom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm so grateful because I'm, if I, yeah, if there wasn't Berlin, 
I'd probably be a different person, maybe. Yeah. What were things you picked up in Berlin? Like, just what what shaped you? Is it is it, is it that freedom you spoke of, or is it something else? Yeah. Um. Generally, like 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 talking talking to people on the street. So I um. It was a time when I uh, was at high school, uh, and later, so like between um, sixteen and twenty three years. That's that's the time when you uh, when you always hit the club on on Saturday and Friday. Uh, and do all nights and um, you know just like meet a lot of interesting people uh, sometimes on the street on parties uh, and here and there and then like on, on meetups and um, I had the chance to talk to a lot of interesting people <laughs> like okay. like uh, I'm who had who had like kind of like strong unpopular opinions sometimes um they kind of made me think about like rethink um a couple a couple of like a, a couple of things that i thought were like rock solid and like set in stone already so very nice next question from dukes on twitch our friend dukes on twitch if you were asked to create a promo art for a card that you've never played before what card would you choose and why? So I guess Doomsday is out of the question here. But Doomsday is out of the question. Dukes, I think Dukes only wants me to paint like a right a knight of Verquery, right? Is, I think is that that's a Dukes... secret agenda behind this question, right? <laughs> um, so my favorite art, uh, like magic art of all time, and uh, not even close, is the Mirrodin Chromox. Um, oh, okay. Like so, so yeah. So Chromox um, Mirrodin has um, again a little bit of an abstract abstract art, right? Um, it's not like typical magic art, I want to say, because like, you, you can have it on the wall, and if you are not familiar with with, um, with magic, you, you will probably not, not 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 even notice and be like, oh well, that's I guess that's pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've played with Chromox before. Uh, unfortunately, in Storm, that was a big mistake. Um, I should probably pick. <laughs> I guess you can also can't answer days. Like, what card have you not played before that you would love to create original art for? <laughs> um, probably something like, uh, well, if days is out of the question, and probably something like four spike, maybe. <laughs> it's kind of the same four thing. Four spike, co- yeah. It, co- it, co- it costs mana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Four spike mana tithe. Like, um, you just did Yorian, which is probably something you never played with, right? So that, oh, that's to- cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally, totally, yeah. <laughs> okay, four spike. I like that. I like that. It's blue. Um, okay, Peter Plank asks, "How did the German school system help you with developing your drawing skills?" Um, not much. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Um, okay, yeah. So, so uh, sorry, Peter. Um, most people will probably go like, "Yeah, um, that was you know, it must have been like super helpful and blah blah blah." But actually, when when I went to that German um, art school. Um, I had thousand different things in my head and, um, I, I was, I think like back in the day, I, I was super uh, like a driven legacy player, um, played a lot, like most events, like all events, um, I could, I could like, join. And, um, I, and then again, like back in the day, I think I'm, I ha- it was like a, a, an interesting time in my life because, um, I, I, I was never thinking about, um, becoming an artist um because most of my relatives like most of my most of my relatives who don't know anything about art were like you know that's not a proper job you probably want to you know get something like solid you know we, we can make a lot of money blah 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 so um 
it, it was a weird time in my life when I was not really confident um, in yeah people deli- were giving deli- you advice <laughs> and you were trying to because you were younger you you try to take right. that advice right right yeah but for everyone you know like if, if this happens to you just like tell them to shush for a second okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess we can skip the question where like what would you tell yourself when if you were go back in time and you're 15 years old or something like that we got two questions in one so <laughs> next question from Justice Wright. Justice asks, has tying your two passions together, art and MTG, ever been regrettable in the sense where you don't have true escapism? Ooh, that's, uh, that's, a, that's, a different, uh, that's a difficult question. Um, it's a heavy one. Um, so the, the answer is that I almost never escape. From, from from life because because this this is this is what I normally do on a on a daily basis now. Um, right. People use things like Magic the Gathering or art or music or going to a concert or things like that to 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 shut off the brain to not think about work to not think about um like real life problems yeah. and to to kind of like dive in into their like fantasy world and you know be like yeah. a different person right. That's that's why people play like um, Dungeons and Dragons and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. For me, um, for me, it's exactly the opposite. Where um, playing magic and, and and doing art is what I mainly do. So if I had to go into a Japanese office, that would probably be uh, <laughs> 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 a fun escape. <laughs> you don't need to escape from anything. So in that sense, right. it doesn't exist escapism for right. you, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So funny. I have to say this. this I have always have a funny image whenever I run into a, a Japanese player on, on Magic Online. I can just imagine like when I get Magic against Sil- Sylvia Wataru or whoever, like yeah. they probably have a nine to five job where they're like in, at an office cubicle wearing like uh, a white dress shirt with short sleeves and they're like working on the spreadsheet. And then it's like, oh, five o'clock. I have to go home now. Okay, let's fire up Magic Online and play Rug Delver or something. Like this, that's like that's like my my stereotypical like image of like Japanese Magic Online players is like they have this oh. like nine to five office job, and then Magic is like their way to uh, have entertainment when they finish their job or something like that. Dude, to- totally. Um, whenever I meet up with my Magic friends here in Japan, um, I've tried to to um, to ask like like what what their job is or like you know what what they usually do outside of Magic, and they they talk about their other hobbies, but they almost never talk about their jobs. I mean, some, sometimes like they mention it, but they don't like to to talk about it. and that that and you, you can already feel okay well um now it's their time off work so so they really don't want to even think about it right yeah um yeah. recent other countries i can see where people casually also talk about the work but it's maybe connected to how much you like your job maybe um because yeah. if you really like your job and you know, you're like a driven person then um you know you don't mind talking about it right yeah exactly and i'm sorry if sylvia wataru you you can understand english listening to this i didn't mean to pigeonhole you i'm just saying i have this like very like i have my own imagination too like because i remember watching like is it like some japanese pro players like you know i did they didn't they've done some video interviews and they do look like they have regular jobs which i think you probably most people need to because as you said streaming is like only works for like one percent of people as a full-time job but anyway right. getting extremely off tangent let's go to the last question here this question is from my friend connor in shanghai so of your sick collection of magic cards like what is your favorite you know because i know you have a pimp collection of magic cards you know people should know that you actually have a pimp collection it's not just it's not just like oh i i, I do art uh, alterations but you collect very cool pieces of cardboard so what is your favorite or favorites um 
So my collection is rather small. Um, I can fit all my cards, all the cards I own in one, what is it, like 1,600 uh, storage box, like a, like a shoe box kind of thing. I can oh, yeah, that's not allowed I, at all then. Yeah, yeah, because I, I like to throw out things. I mean, like, I mean, like I am selling things, right? Like, yeah, I whenever there's a card I haven't touched in like a couple of weeks and I, you know, boom, gone. Okay. Um, so uh, the card um, I like the most in my collection is the only non-German card or like non-English, non-German card I have in my collection. It, it, it is a French FBB uh, Underground C because that was the card, that was a dual land um, I won at Bazaar of Moxen in 2024. I want to say um, that event was super special to me because it was the first time I did well with Storm in, in a big event. Mm-hmm. Um, I went eight and two, I think, and mm-hmm. I was completely over the moon. And um, also, again, um, prices were different back in the day. And um, I, I got a, yeah, a blackboard, a, a dual and a surprise. And as much as I want to keep my collection, like all German or English, if, if German is not possible, um that french fub dual land is gonna gonna stay there forever because it has such a big meaning for for me as a a combo player maybe like um yeah so excellent all right well kai that's all the questions i have today so thank you so much for taking the time and exploring your creative side with me any more questions no thank you all right okay that was me kai, so <laughs> this is a- not a stream a- so we're good oh, we're not asking excuse- chat for questions we're good okay. yeah Excuse my, that was me. Yeah, that's me, Kai Savatari, aka Savatarix Magic Online. As always, um, yeah, thank you so much, James. It was, it was cool. It's good. Yeah, hope you have a good uh, rest of the day. We're uh, over there in Tokyo. Yeah, same dude. Same dude. <laughs> Hopefully, catch up on uh, the next uh, tour weekend. Thank you for listening to this episode of Humans and Magic. To get other episodes or to get details on the Humans of Magic book, please visit humansofmagic.com. That's humansofmagic.com. We have all the past archive episodes. You can also find and subscribe to Humans of Magic on SoundCloud, Spotify, and all the places you find podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.